Jackson State made a mistake. In, they made a business mistake. In what way? In business, and you know this, your job is to control the narrative. They let Dion run the marketing and run the show. So the sale wasn't Jackson State. The sale was Dion. Yeah. The students were buying Dion, and they should have been buying Jackson State. We saw it coming. It was in the news. It was in the tabloids. We heard whispers in the wind <laughs> after two years of really, really praising the effort that Deion Sanders was putting in at Jackson State in their football program. The whispers started buzzing around. The behind-the-doors texts were being sent. Like, he looks like he's committing elsewhere. There were a couple schools in the mentions. And then on the afternoon of his 12th victory, the undefeated season, he sat down in front of his Instagram cameras, and he told us what was happening. He confirmed the rumors. He said, Deion Sanders is leaving Jackson State's football program headed to coach Colorado. Today I have with me my great friend, Dr. Rodney Ferguson, who I'm sure, the same way I was having conversations in my home and with my close friends and circle, I'm sure he was having similar conversations and maybe some online because he's way more public with it than I am. Welcome to the show, three-time lettered athlete, NCAA, plus four-time national judo champion, plus 2004 Olympian in judo and dad sensei, Dr. Roddy Ferguson. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Coach B. And we, we talked about it. And I think what you said was we heard it in the, in the wind. Yeah. And I'd like to start off our conversation very briefly with the first stanza from my main man, Bob Dylan. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sail? before she sleeps in the sand. Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Now, the wind has brought forth the answer. <laughs> and the question that we have today is who is SWAC? Who is SWAC? <laughs> who, who is, is SWAC? SWAC? Swag. And I and I think I think we can address it by this. I think that everybody who's listening is swag. I think you and I are swag. I think that everybody who watched in and tuned into the games are swag. I think that the people who bought tickets are swag. I think the people who attended PWIs or HBCUs that that watch the social media entertainment are swag because we don't get to say who is and who isn't SWAC because everybody is a different piece of thread in the tapestry of the HBCU movement. And while I say that on one end, I'm, I'm juxtaposed with how I feel emotionally about it, which we'll handle in the next three to five minutes. But I want to start by saying that everybody who had an opportunity to witness what we saw Coach Prime do actually witnessed the blueprint. He dropped the blueprint for HBCUs of how you use 
the new landscape of name, image, and likeness, how you use the new landscape of the transfer portal, how you utilize the transfer portal in conjunction with JUCO, um, junior college transfers, how you utilize social media to elevate your program and yourself, because at the end of the day, you are your own institution as a coach. You have to be if you want to elevate your opportunity to make money. He laid down the blueprint, and I think a lot of us get caught in critiquing the fruit that we buy at the store, not understanding the whole farming process that it took to get the fruit to the store. If you look at what Dion did, he came to Jackson State during the COVID year. His record was four and three during a COVID year. He out-recruited the SEC, the ACC, got the number one recruit in the country, ran the table in the SWAC. Dominated. For two years, he's undefeated in the SWAC for two years. If you ask yourself quality question, what else can he do at Jackson State? If you want him to sit there and beat North Dakota State or and beat some of the teams that have won the Division One AA National Championship, you're talking about somebody who had to sit here for, for 10, 12 years when what he's done is absolutely fantastic. His culminating event is the Celebration Bowl in a few weeks in Atlanta. Right. And if he can win that game, he will have accomplished what his objectives were at that school, which is to go in there and dominate. Yeah, I think he's done that already. Let's talk about what it felt like when Dion was at Jackson State, when you first heard the announcement and then what it felt like as he developed. When I first heard the announcement as an HBCU grad, I was skeptical. Okay, why? Um, I didn't know if it was genuine. Um, and I was skeptical until his children went to the school. Okay. When he enrolled his children into, into Jackson State, my skepticism dissipated. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter how many semesters they do. They're an alum of Jackson State. Um, right. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, even if they don't graduate, we have we got people who didn't graduate and went to Howard who are alum um, that we accept because they took the time to to go to the HBCU. I'm in the realm of sport, so I wasn't super excited. I got excited this year. I actually hopped on a plane and went to a Jackson State football game. Right. It was a phenomenal experience. I had never been to a football game in the SWAC. And when I mean SWAC, Southwestern Athletic Conference, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm talking about. 45, 50,000 black folks in the stands jamming. I mean, the black college atmosphere is just totally different. You know, the songs that they're playing in between, um, it's just, you know, I, I don't have to listen to Sweet Caroline. You understand what I'm saying? In the stands. I don't have to listen to Jump Around like I'm at the University of Wisconsin. You know, I can listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony. You understand what I'm saying? We're Next. listening to Mystical. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then and I'm at the Southern game and I got the... I got the human jukebox on one side and the sonic boom on the south on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it, it's absolutely phenomenal. And the black college experience mixed in with the prime time effect created an explosion that we've really never seen. And we will do our critiquing a little bit of, of the whole process and prime leaving. But let's be clear. Uh, I played on ESPN one time in the Heritage Bowl. Yeah. And how many times has Jackson State on this year? Or, or all HBCUs really got all, all HBCUs. I mean, I'm talking about all HBCUs. They are on ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2. Then you had the um, the Bayou Classic that's on regular mm -hmm. television, not mm -hmm. just on ESPN. What we are seeing in the HBCU landscape from the prime effect 
to say anything negative about it. Let's jump back for one second, because you said you were skeptical until his kids enrolled and then you got on board. I was on board the minute I saw the Strahan got on with him. The minute Strahan sent the suits and the boys got off the bus that first year, mm-hmm. I, I was I was on board. I was like, you know, whatever happens on the field is what happens on the field. But the image that he's standing in front of this room of players, this young black man, and the example he's living, and then he's running the cameras so that the rest of us can see and participate, I was all the way on board. Mm, mm, mm. I will say this. Jackson State, by far, was the most publicized football program in the country for the past three years. That's above University of Florida, Florida State, University of Miami, North Carolina, Tulane, TCU, Alabama. Like any of those schools, they cannot compare nor compete with the exposure that the students had at Jackson State. Dion literally had his own media company and he had bar stools. Dion had his own documentary running, his own social media team that, that's headed by his son. And Barstools was backing some of the social media posts, too. There's no program that was doing that. None. Blueprint. Not one. That in and of itself provided a huge amount of what we call eyeball traffic on the program. And we know in the sales process, you and I know this, Coach B, that traffic plus conversion equals cash. Yep. And in the recruiting world, traffic plus conversion equals recruits and recruits fill stadiums and stadiums bring in what? Cash. They bring in sponsorship dollars. They bring in more wins. They bring in more reservations at hotels, at restaurants. And we can critique Dion softly and carefully with the amount of money and dollars that were brought into the city of Jackson during the time that he was the coach is remarkable right period first of all there's a lot of people that are hurt right now that and that that's what it is when i mean critique we really aren't critiquing him we are bringing forth some of the feelings that we may have then briefly i mean i could i could have an emotional feeling briefly because of what i want not because of what dion did so let me just jump into it i wanted dion to stay longer yeah, we wanted we, this we, to be the new normal. We wanted this to be the new normal, and then for Eddie George to get his game up, and then for some other... It can be. It can be. It, it, it can most certainly be the new normal. I think that, given Dion his props, I think he did his due diligence. Mm-hmm. Like, he came in and ran the four-minute mile. Now mm-hmm. somebody else has to come in and run a four-minute mile. Yeah. Because before that, nobody thought that four-minute mile was possible. Right. Now, we can't bash him because he ran a four minute mile and he's like hey man i ran a four minute mile now i'm leaving college and i want to run track professionally same deal i I came to the swac i did what nobody else he has done what nobody else has done at jackson state in jackson state's history right through challenges that we haven't even mentioned number one you know jackson state like flint michigan is having a huge water problem and has had so for the past year Imagine running a sports program in a place where your students cannot go to the water fountain, cannot in good conscience run the tap. Right. Not only that, imagine going in the first, like in the first couple of weeks when you show up there, they steal your speakers. When I, I went to the Jackson, that. yes, and, and he told the people, he got on social media and told the people, you guys know who has my stuff, tell them to bring it back. And mm. the community got his stuff back. I went to the Jackson State Southern game 
and people broke into the cars on during a weekend where something that's never happened before ESPN game day yeah. was at a black college football game. That's unheard of. Right. And, and, and I would like to say it, those things don't happen without a Howard university touch somewhere. Anytime there's something that happens as massive in black college space, there's a Howard university touch. We all know that Jay Walker, who was a quarterback at Howard university when I was also playing, he was there at the HBCU game day, but those touches don't happen without Howard university. I just want to make that known. I also like to throw in there all the time that <clears throat> Dion has run the table in the SWAC 16 and 0. Uh, but the, the last time they went to celebration, bro, they did lose to the team in the MIAC. Who was the team? They lost to South Carolina state. Got it. Okay. And they played North Carolina Central, and I believe they're going to have a tough time beating North Carolina Central in the Celebration Bowl. Okay. I think there's too much of a media circus going on. All right. We'll see. We, no, we shall see. For those people who don't really understand football, in football, there's showing up, there's alignment, there's assignment, there's read, recognize, react, and there's focus and finish. And Dion added dominate to that. And what he's been able to do is dominate – but what he wasn't able to do last year was finish with a black college national championship. They've won two SWAC championships. He does not have a black college national championship to finish and put the icing on the cake, the culminating event that must happen for him, for him to walk away and throw the mic down is to leave with the black college national championship. Okay. Now let's talk about our disappointment. I don't have any disappointment. It hurts. But I'm not disappointed. When I, when I, when I say, I, I, when I say, go ahead. I'm talking about us as well. I'm talking about the greater us, and I've read 150 comments this morning. The, some I, of the greater us, are, some of the greater us are disappointed. Some, yeah, but some people are looking for reasons. They're saying, "Hey, is it just about the money?" He said it wasn't about the money. You go from making what looks like 300,000 to a five million dollar a year offer, but it's not about the money. Some people are saying, "Well, why didn't the university match the offer, or what conditions?" <laughs> I'm just quoting things yeah. I read. What conditions? Yeah, that's, not, that's not possible. Right. <laughs> what conditions was he dealing with in Jackson, the town, as well as with the university that he won't have to deal with next? Why couldn't the university correct those? These are people who are Jackson State alum who are hurt. I get it. And also the greater HBCU community and black community, period, which are hurt. I mean, I went and bought right there. I bought the hat. I haven't worn it. But I want to spend some money with y'all. <laughs> I've been down there. It's incredible. No, I got a hat too. I, got, I bought a hat. Got a, I've been down there. It's incredible. Yeah. I think this is the best way to say it, Coach B. I hope you agree. Every breakup is emotional. Yeah. This is just a breakup. Mm -hmm. I think that Dion is still going to be helping out as he was before. You just didn't know what he was doing before. Uh, I think he'll still be helping out black folks, black kids. He's an excellent father. He has been a great role model. I think that people are just disappointed because the relationship with him and the HBCU space as they see it is over. And that breakups hurt. And I, and for me, like on, and on a selfish side, I would have liked to see him stay a little bit longer. Yeah. I would have liked to see his kids walk across the stage with their degrees from, from Jackson State. You know, those are the things that I would like. But Dion has a responsibility to his children. He has responsibility to himself and he has responsibility to what his purpose is. That's right. And when opportunities come, you have to take the opportunity. And the only reason why Dion got that opportunity is because he excelled in that space. And I read an article about Dion pimping out HBCUs. Dion didn't pimp out anybody. 
if Dion doesn't win, he doesn't get the offer. Right. The right. offer that Dion got, he earned it. And if anything, I think that that speaks to what HBCUs do and speaks to what we do as HBCU graduates. We take individuals like Prime, we bring him into our space. We love him, we get behind him, and we allow him to do something that he couldn't do anywhere else. I don't think he needs to do what he did at Jackson State at Colorado. I no, he, he can, does not. I think he can be a. I think he can do great coaching. He can turn off the media if he needs to, or turn it down, uh, because it's a different level of. They're gonna make him turn it down. You know how that goes. Yeah, and he's <laughs> gonna need. To, he's gonna need to recruit. Correct. And he's gonna need to build a program. But I don't think he's gonna have to do as much media as he had to do and should have done at Jackson State. Right, because because you, you're not playing mystical as your theme song at uh, Colorado, right? <laughs> I have things that I, I can't say while we're recording, but right, exactly. <laughs> I, I did watch the video from getting off the private jet this morning. So you guys watch that and see it for yourself Bro, and see it, what it, you notice. One of my frat brothers sent it to me, Terrence Jamel, three-time Olympian and a two-time Olympic silver medalist. And he was like, this just feels different. And I think I think it's like uh, when you break up with somebody, with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you see them with somebody else. It just has a different feel to it. You know what I mean? Well, to that point, my hopes are that he trained his replacement. Yeah. I don't know how much of his coaching staff is staying, but I'm hoping there's a steady hand for those kids that decide to stay with the program. You you say he did. Yes. Okay. 100%, and I know that's from private conversation. Next, I'm also hoping that he left the place better than how he found it. And I know that it's incredible at this, at this point, but how much of it leveraged a future that is no longer there? Meaning, you have the munici- use of the municipal stadium. What were the finances behind that? And if the team dips in quality and in wins and in audience level, is there a financial bag that lands on the school? I don't know. So I'm hoping that financially the school was left in a better place than when he came. And I'm sure the program is as well. What do you think? 100%. What people don't realize is that Jackson State's attendance was Always like that. Right. They didn't have this stadium before he got there. I'm not sure, but Jackson State was always in the 20, 30, 35,000 space. Mm. Okay. He brought them into like the 40, 45,000 space. Um, but their attendance was always one of the highest, or if not the highest attendance in, in black house football. Got it. Last year and part of this year, I think their attendance was either equal to or they beat Ole Miss in terms of their attendance. Mm. Um, I know they beat Ole Miss on a couple home games. When Ole Miss was playing at home and they were playing at home, they they outdid Ole Miss in terms of attendance. Um, he did groom his replacement very well, who he wanted to push as a replacement. Um, there's another piece that I think people are missing that I want to say because I know this. In coaching – it's very difficult to be elevated if you don't have a coach that brings you with them. And in the black college space, most black college coaches are making between $80,000 a year, 175, less than 200 usually. When they get fired or they get let go, the next job that they get, they don't always bring their whole staff with them. Right. You know, they try to get some of the guys with them, but they don't bring their whole staff with them. For some of these coaches, this is the first time that they're going to be able to jump from one school to another and make the type of money for them that will be life-changing money. And not only life-changing money, but give them the opportunity 
to become offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators at big time division one programs. You know, we went to school with Pep Hamilton. Everybody's not as fortunate as Pep. Pep knows football well. He is the offensive coordinator at Texans. Uh, he was a quarterback at Howard University. Then you have Ted White, who is the quarterback coach with Pep Hamilton at the Texans, who was a quarterback at Howard. And then you have Jay Walker, who was also a quarterback at Howard, who's an analyst at ESPN. And, you know, they, they call Howard University during our time quarterback university. Everybody doesn't have the ability to have those people in that space and kind of push and move them along in terms of momentum, you know, just just by mm -hmm. the touches. Those coaches who have been touched by Deion Sanders, they have been given a stamp of approval as winners. And the ones that go with him, they're going to make a lot more money than they made. And the ones that don't go with him, they are still on their resume. They are champions. Like okay. your resume that sits on a person's desk. It speaks very different, especially if you're in the black college circuit. When you say two-time swag champion, undefeated right. season, mm -hmm. he has literally fast-forwarded the progress of a lot of the coaches on his staff and the people on staff because he, he makes them walk a very tight professional line. Right. What Dion has done is absolutely fantastic. It hurts because the relationship is over. All breakups hurt. But as mature individuals in a relationship space, what we do is we look back on the time that we had and we're thankful for it. And then we wish the person who has to leave the best in their future endeavors. And I think that's the best way to handle it. Yeah, it is. Let's look at it from your perspective. You're an athlete who's raising a football athlete. What years Rufus in high school? It's a junior. It's a junior year. So let's fast forward Rufus three years and say he was at the program this year in his freshman year, recruited. When the coach leaves, what do you think you do? For me, stay. Really? Explain that. Because I'm not, not chasing the coach. Okay. But that's, that's me. I know the numbers. When you play college football, to understand the numbers of going to the NFL, like people talk to me all the time and say, why did you go to the NFL? Going to the NFL is a statistical anomaly. You go to school to get a degree to graduate from college, to learn the academic things that are provided in the curriculum, to the, the social undergirding, to become a good citizen, to learn how to develop friendships and develop relationships, to learn how to win friends and influence people. And you go to school because of the network that the school provides. Rufus just got his first offer from Virginia State. And my mom had to tell him, she went to a HBCU for one semester. And then she went to the University of Miami. She graduated from the University of Miami in two and a half years. She has no friends from the University of Miami. She tells Rufus, <laughs> she said, Rufus, the, the people that I talk to to this day are the people that I met at that small black college. And then one of them is her best friends who was my godmother. Right. And my dad had to tell my son, my dad went to the University of Wisconsin, first thousand yard rusher, pictures on the wall over there. My dad has, and I'm not going to say when I mean no, yeah. Yeah, I get no it. friends. Right. Like when I mean friends, like Coach B, how many years have we known each other? A lot. Yeah, we we all we all twenty, we on twenty five plus. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we still talk, my man, multiple times a year. We're checking in with the kids, and 
we're high fiving at home. We're looking for each other doing homecoming. Right. We're calling. How can I? How can I find you? How can I see you? Like that's. Do you saying if Rufus was recruited to Jackson State, that State. and his coach left, you would stick because you chose not for the reasons of the coach, just solely, but you chose for the greater experience. Correct. Right. Because you know, here's the thing: thing. if you can play, you can play, and if you can't, you can't. Yeah. This leads into my next point, and that is what's next. Let's start with Rufus. I've been reading and following this the entire way from beginning to end. And I've seen people who were being considered to play for Jackson State and other schools. Part of their decision was, well, I'm a corner. Who am I going to play for? If I have the opportunity to play for the best who ever did it, I'm going to Jackson State, right? Jackson State made a mistake. They made a business mistake. In what way? In business, and you know this, your job is to control the narrative. This is what I want to see if, if Colorado is going to do. Colorado, they have more of a corporate approach. It's like um, if you work in corporate America, you can't just get up in front of a, a room of people and say what you want to say. Before you speak, first of all, you're given what you're going to say if people don't know that. And you're not, you don't give a presentation unless it's vetted. They let Dion run the marketing and run the show. So the sale wasn't Jackson State. The sale was Dion. Yeah. The students were buying Dion. Yeah. And they should have been buying Jackson State, but that's Jackson State's fault in terms of marketing and branding. If and he how left Jackson Jackson State better than he found it, then it was a better sale at the time to sell Dion than it was Jackson. It was a better sell. But here's the thing every business relationship that you have, when you start it, you need to ask yourself, how are we going to exit? And I think they were so excited with the start that they didn't look at the exit mm. appropriately. Because if we accept the thesis that at this particular time, Deion Sanders was the heart and soul of the Jackson State football program, if we pull him out, then we can use the term, the program is gutted. Yeah. So when Lou Holtz leaves Notre Dame, the Notre Dame legacy doesn't change. They just have the Lou Holtz years. Right. Like the legacy of Jackson State's football, it changed when Dion got there. Right. It changed. And if, when he leaves, it's very hard to go back to the Walter Payton story. Hmm. I don't want to go backwards, but I can see where people feel like the program is going to be gutted, but we don't know that. That's a that's also a negative projection that people are having because Dion, in my opinion, wanted to lead the program better than he found it. I'm sure it is better than he found it. If you look at his inter his interview or his speech with the kids at the program, he told them kids, hey, man, don't jump into that transfer portal. Mm-hmm. He, he tried to tell them, hey, man, this is the level you should play at. Right. You're going to jump in that transfer portal and mess around and not have a place to play football. Right. You know, because let's be clear. If you were really, really good... Dion would take you with him. And if he's not taking you with him, you should stay at the school where you're registered. Hmm. And that would be my point with my son. I would be like, hey, man, is Dion taking you with him? He's not. No, then you need to stay where you are. <laughs> I'm going to watch and I'm going to watch intently as I uncle up on Rufus in the next few years. I'm going to be watching your moves closely. I'm going to save this clip because I want to make sure we have it on record. <laughs> and I want to say this. Rufus has an offer from Virginia State. 
school in the CIAA. SIAC, CIAA are the Division II levels of HBCU. MEAC and SWAC are the Division I levels. And then we have a couple of independents like Tennessee State, et cetera. If you choose to go to a Division II school, all right, Black College, and get the Black College experience, which I'm down for, because the NIL deals, because of the transfer portal, and because of COVID and everybody got an extra year, most of the D1 schools aren't recruiting freshmen. They're grabbing people out of the portal. So the freshman intake into college has almost reduced about 40% for scholarships that people don't realize that. And those people, when they recruit the freshmen, they're playing them right now because they got to flush out that five-year period of the people who got that extra year during COVID. Mm. So when you go to school, they're, they're not redshirting anymore unless you're really, really, really good. D2 schools are redshirting you. You come in and you redshirt. Sometimes you're on partial money, but you come in and you redshirt. You develop. You go to summer school before you get there, you go to school, you go to summer school after your first year, you go to school and you play, you go to summer school again, you go to school, you go to summer school again. And by the time you finish that period of time, you can then graduate in the spring. You will know per your performance at that D2 level, am I good enough to transfer out and go in the transfer portal? If you are, you can go into the transfer portal, move up MEAC SWAC, move up into South Dakota State and North Dakota State, move, move up to one of those programs, all right, and flourish. If you don't, then what you do is you say, you know what, I'm going to graduate and then I'm going to go to another school where I have eligibility. Right. Or you stay there, finish out your master's and continue to play. There's nothing wrong with going to a, a Division II program, especially if you really want to play black college football, because it gives you some options and it lets you know, man, where am I exactly in this process? If I'm really that good, the cream will rise to the top and I'll know and I'll leave with my degree. But when you go to the D1 programs, they're not redshirting anymore. Mm. You come in and you play. You get on kickoff, kickoff return, and that year is gone, my man. Mm. It's very, very different. Deion Sanders has provided the blueprint for the game. And we have to be very aware of this. Just like we have Fox News and we have CNN, we have very polar um, opposing commentaries for his leaving. We had the same thing when he accepted a job at Jackson State. All the people who slammed him on the hardcore PWI side and said that he was taken away from their career, all the people who slammed him, are now praising him for taking the job at Colorado. All the people who praised him during that time are now slamming him. Every decision will have an opposing viewpoint. It doesn't make yours correct because it's the one that you believe in. The one thing about Jackson State is they, they have their phrase, the I love. And I think if we continue to lead with love, and we love our HBCUs, and we love what Dion did in this space, and we love what he's done with his family, and we love him as he makes the next move in his career, I think that everybody wins. It's such apropos timing. This morning, the movie 300 was on. My man Leonidas, there's a scene where he's standing with the God King, and the guy's trying to tempt him. Look, man, come over here. All you got to do, I'm going to make sure everybody bows in front of you. All you got to do is kneel in front of me. And Leonidas turns him down, of course. He says, by the end of this, whether I win or lose, people will know a God can bleed. That just bounced around in my head because it feels very much like this situation. Dion out-recruited everybody 
last year. And he laid the blueprint for what can be done with the right energy, the right attitude, and the right personality, and the right skill set comes to any school and really sows into the kids and into the program. Let's take that example. I mean, Chris Paul going to retire soon. Who wouldn't want to play for Coach Chris Paul on the college level? Tim Duncan, the best power forward that ever played it. Who wouldn't want to be a power forward coming out of high school if they could play for the great Tim Duncan? We have so many athletes who have done incredible things in their career who are now retired. Let go of just football. Bring everybody back. Like, this is one thing I love about Howard is we have David Oliver, the head of our track program. That's right. You're talking about a guy who was a world champion, who is a world record holder, American record holder, USATF, future Hall of Famer. He is the head coach. Then you have Sandra Cheeseboro, Olympic gold medalist. She's the USATF Hall of Famer. She's the head coach at Tennessee State. Like, those of us in the black college space who have done it, we got to go back and do it. That's right. Just for people say, what about you? I did interview for the wrestling job at Howard University when Howard University had a program. So take my name out your mouth. <laughs> we need to follow the blueprint as well. You need to not just bring your skill and talent back. You need to bring your relationships back. Who comes when you come? Who brings sponsorship when you come? Now we got NILs wide open. Who are the relationships you're bringing with you? We have programs across the board. We got lacrosse. We got soccer. We have women's gymnastics down at Fisk. The blueprint has been laid. It has been seen that it can be done. And that's what I praise the effort and the team and everybody who worked with Dion on this effort. You have showed us that it can be done. I would like to close with this, Coach B. Everyone who is listening, who attended the HBCU, who has enjoyed a homecoming at the HBCU, who has watched the HBCU games, who has a friend or a loved one who's attended the HBCU, it takes nothing, okay? It takes nothing for you after listening to this to go online, find an HBCU, and donate. I wouldn't care if it's $1, $5, or $1,000. $5 is less than what it costs at a drive through to order. Whatever you have, if you are listening, get online and donate to an HBCU of your choice. Agreed.